0: Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and Other Stories
1: That Kept Us Stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time.
0: Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out,
1: but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose.
0: Woohoo! Hi! Hey! Hi. Oh my gosh. This is Hi. a fun one. So this fun. Is a, this is going to be so fun. We want to thank all of you for listening, for tuning in, for sharing it. And, and yeah, I mean, we say all the time, we want this to be like interactive. So please come and join the community and let us know like what you want us to talk about, how we can serve you,
1: all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun to hear feedback from people and, already hear kind of like what people are interested in hearing more of and what has yeah what they've been enjoying so we're so grateful thank you so much
0: oh yay well we're gonna do a fun one today we are gonna do the 10 best things about living alcohol free and Mead and i kind of went went on (laughs) on our own and we did our own lists okay so we don't know what each other's lists say so there, there might be some similarities. I'm assuming there's going to be some similarities. So we're just going to ping back and forth and say our things, and then we're going to talk about them. And then we're pro- – I mean, this is not an exhaustive list, right, babe?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I found it harder. So I've been – I started this list, like, years ago when I started this. journey. It's, like, all the things that I found freedom from by first finding freedom from alcohol. And so, like, I have, like, 14 pages of my iPad with all these – Like, I just keep discovering these things that I, if I hadn't first found freedom from alcohol, this would not be available. And so as part of that, like, kind of ongoing list, then going and picking, like, our 10 best things about never having to drink again, that was really hard because Mm
0: -hmm. I have
1: a thousand best things about never having to drink again. But but this is a really fun little activity so that we could kind of, yeah, see where we, like, match up on things and, and dive into it a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so good we're doing this, too, because I think when you you read, like, especially now that, dry, like, January is wrapped up, so many of the articles that you read, right, are about the physical things, yeah. and it's which is so great, and I've got some of that on my list, don't get me wrong, but Same. it's about so much more than that, right?
1: Yeah, that is so true. It's, like, all the things – I always say this, too, like, I'm sure I've probably said it here, that when I was starting this journey, I – to just think that I could live free without alcohol, like, that I that I could effortless, effortlessly not drink alcohol, like, that would have been good in and of itself. I would have been happy with that. I would have, like, ridden off into the sunset and would have been fine. Yeah. But then to be, and, like, you know the things that, you know, you're, like, you know what the, mostly what the science is, like, your weight's probably going to be, you know, better controlled, you, you know. All the things that we kind of worried about or I worried about back when I was drinking all the time, But your skin is better, better sleep, you know, anxiety, all of those kind of things too. But then you really see what these things are and it's like, oh my gosh, who knew? Who knew it could get so much better? Yeah,
0: so true. So, true. Do you want to start with one of your first ones? And I think – I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't put
1: mine in any particular order. Did you? Same. No. Okay. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, like, they're just very, very general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think – but I would put this one first overall is that, like, the – all of my relationships are better. Like, number Mm -hmm. one, all of my relationships are better because I don't ever have to drink again. So – Deeper connection to the Lord. My marriage is better. My marriage was good before, but it is exponentially better. I mean, my relationship with my kids. And so I think that all you could kind of like encapsulate that as like the presence. One of the best things about never having to drink again is that the ability to be present and like meaningful, meaningfully connect to people. That's for sure a big one for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. How and I you? kind of have, yeah, I kind of had that on my list, too. But I I broke them out like as stronger marriage. And I enjoy my children now slash like better relationship with them. But also, and those are so good. And we can talk about that, like, I don't know, a lot. But also, I found that like, when it came to relationships, my girlfriends, the ones like my, my true relationship solidified themselves, if that makes sense, right? And, like, the people that were going to be my people, like, it was very clear very, very fast who were my go-to people, which is funny, right? Because, like, I think we talked about it when we talked about the connection episode. Like, that was such a fear of losing friends, but it ends up being such a blessing, right? Yeah.
1: And that's – yeah. And I think that's why it's so big. So, like, one of my top for sure is that the very thing that I was most afraid of is actually – what I got and benefit a thousand times greater than I ever could have imagined. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's the, I think too, it's that, it, yeah, it's, it's really kind of finding your people, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you can show up without the mask of alcohol and how that kind of changes things, you really have an opportunity to find, find your people and figure out like where you
0: yeah. Yeah. So good. And I think we probably should, I mean, at some point, probably just do an episode on maybe how, how our marriages like improved and how our walk with Jesus specifically improved and our relationship with our kids, because
1: there's such, those are massive, right? <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it feels kind of silly to like mention that and like be like, and let's move on to the next one because on. us are so big, but you're, but you're right. And I think that like, You know, it's that, and I can't wait till we do the episode where we share our faith stories as well, because I think that that is something that maybe people that don't know us would listen and they would be like, oh, okay. Like these are probably girls who, you know, have always been Christian and have have always had the strong faith and, and I won't speak to what yours is, but my story is, is very different. And, you know, I can't wait to be able to share how my faith has developed in a totally different and deeper way since first finding freedom from alcohol and what that kind of looked like for me. And so, yeah, we're going to have to, we have so many episodes we could, we could do. It's so Thank goodness we love doing it. One of the, one of the greatest things of finding freedom from alcohol is being able to do this and like hang out with you. This is what I get to do for work. I get to hang out with you on a, whatever morning it is, Wednesday morning and chat about some of our favorite things. Like what could be bad about that?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love that so much. It's so true. So that's Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. Should I go next? (laughs) Okay. So you said relationships. So I'm going to say like joy. And again, this could be a whole episode in and of itself. But when I learned about (laughs) Tynorphin, let me just tell you, did I cry? Did I cry, right? Because I'll just explain it for our listeners that don't know. And please like jump in if I leave anything out. But when we drink, we do like experience this like, you know, momentary feeling of euphoria. And that is from dopamine, right? It's from this dopamine release in our brains. And in order to counteract that chemical release, we have to bring our, our bodies and our brains back to homeostasis, right? Because the alcohol is too much of an artificial high. So we've got to we've got to balance ourselves out. And so in order to do that, we're get like basically this chemical dynorphin is also dumped into our systems and this this chemical is basically it's the buzz kill hormone, right? It's trying to kill the buzz literally to balance us out, but the problem is is that it just stays in our system and it brings us lower and lower. And when you're a regular drinker, like I was drinking at least a glass of wine, if not more every night, like that stuff was just in my system all the time. And so my baseline mood was like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Right? Like, I was just like, I was a little bit grumpy. Like, we've talked about low-grade irritability on here before. <laughs> Your favorite phrase, high-grade irritability. But but you may not, and this is the crazy bananas thing about this, is you don't really notice it until you stop drinking because you see the massive shift. And so this is why, like, going on a break from alcohol while learning about this is such, so, so awesome because you actually feel it. Like this is why if you guys are in the Sober Curious community for a hot minute, you've heard of the pink cloud because you literally feel high because all this other stuff has left your system. But for me, and I don't know about you, I want to know, but I just kind of like stayed up on that pink cloud. I feel like it never came down. I feel happier. I feel true joy. I enjoy like all the little things about the day, right? The sunshine, the blue sky, which in here in London, we very rarely see. But you know what I mean? Tell me, tell me about your, tell me about your, your joy stuff.
1: Oh, totally. It's the, the joy and the peace, the love, the joy and the peace, the LJP, right? That I for sure was missing out on because in, when I was stuck in the drinking cycle, I I guess I would liken it to, it was, it was chasing happy and happy as a result of, you know, of circumstances, like when everything's going my way, then I'm happy. And so when things weren't going my way, when things were outside of my control, not going my way, the alcohol was the the, the so-called counter to that in that constant state of like chasing for chasing the happy. Whereas like, yeah, the joy that comes in being like joy and contentment, Like I always, you know, we've talked about this before too. Like I would have, I would have said that it's lame to be content or like, you know, just even that would have been lame. Like we should, you know, everything should be big and exciting and fun. It's, it's the joy that comes from being able to experience all the emotions and not be dependent upon circumstances, things we can't control and not feeling like I, you know, with regular alcohol use, like the lows get lower and the, and then we're, we need the highs to be higher. And so we are in this like ping ponging roller coaster kind of state emotionally that, that, that keeps us from being able to kind of enjoy the things that we normally enjoy. And so we're we're chasing that, chasing the happiness. I'm so glad I don't have to chase happy anymore. Joy is just a constant, right? Like even when it's – when things aren't going my way, like joy is there.
0: Yeah. And you can find it so much easier – like more – easier? Easier. You can find it easier. That's what I was trying to say. And and yeah, and just when – I remember when it wasn't just me that got emotional about learning how you've been dumped with this chemical that makes you not – that basically keeps you down, keeps you down. And so it makes you feel like you have just in a way not be not been present in a way that you feel like you may want to have been in your life, right? like how many times was I at a sporting event for the kids or a a play of you know my daughter Ella's, and just wasn't like couldn't couldn't get as happy as I can now, that's for sure, right and so that it makes you sad as a mom, I think, to know that right mm-hmm.
1: It's, yeah, I have on my list, one of my 10 is like not having to play the if, when, then game, you know, like not having to, so like it was always like, well, if I can just make it until Friday, so like if I can just make it till Friday, then I can relax because then that was back when I also had the rules of like no drinking during the week. If I could just make it to Friday, then I can relax. Or if I can just, okay, if I can just make it through this kid's, you know, game or whatever then I can then we can go to dinner afterwards or it's like that if when and then like it's constantly kind of looking for that next where my next happy is going to come from with missing kind of what was happening in the moment so I one of the best things is that I don't I don't I don't have to play the if when then game anymore you know it's just yeah it's that ability to be kind of present and like this is what I'm experiencing right now. I'm not constantly chasing that next exciting thing.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so good and so true.
1: What's next on your list? Next on my list is, well, this is, this is another big one, but I mean, I'm more creative and I'm smarter. Like the, f- the, the fact that I don't ever have to drink alcohol again means that I get to be more creative and I get to be smarter. And that is something that, I mean, I don't really remember hearing that. I don't feel like that's one that like through the dry Januarys that people talk about that's available because I do think that maybe that is something that comes as a result of feeling free from alcohol, the difference between just removing alcohol from your life and then feeling totally free from alcohol. But, but I mean, alcohol changes our gray matter. It shrinks our brains, literally shrinks our brains. And so like your cognitive ability, I, it's crazy how I, I feel... Younger and more cogni cognitively, I can't speak any better. <laughs> but it's, I'm smarter, even though I don't sound smarter. But like that cognitive ability is so much greater. Like, and what am I able to learn? What am I able to like take in and make connections? Like, that's exciting to me now. And then the creativity piece that comes from that. I used to always like say, like I would have sworn that I wasn't creative. But fighting freedom from alcohol pointed me back to something that I'd forgotten that actually I'm a really good writer and I i was a good writer as a kid and I would forgotten that that was something where I and then, so for like 20 years I would say like I'm just not creative at all like it's somebody else's gift so I feel like those two go hand in hand but like the creativity and that creativity is what drives me love it I get so much energy from that and then I'm just smarter like I, my brain just works better yeah
0: oh my gosh if I could just I wish I could go back to law school and do it all again not really because honestly we're past that but, <laughs> but
1: still yeah I know what or you take mean take the
0: bar like when I was studying for the California bar and by the way there was an, have I told you that there was an earthquake during the bar Stop. exam yeah on day one session one yes yeah but I mean <laughs> I'm, talk about anxiety I'm, Thank the Lord I did pass. However, how hard was I making it on myself by rewarding myself after a long day of studying for months and months with a bottle of wine? Like how much better? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, a pass fail, but like, yeah, a hundred percent. And I just remember before my coaching business kicked off, like just going to work or like, you know just everything was harder. Everything was harder. And I would procrastinate and not do things that were so easily done. It like ties back into what you were saying about just being both smart and creative. Like it's just, it makes those things so much more difficult.
1: Yeah. It makes every, it, it makes it, everything's just a little bit harder. And, and then when you're in that I like to, like, picture in a nerdy – this is so nerdy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, I <laughs> I literally like to picture, like, my, my brain, like, all the little things firing and connecting that have been dormant for, you know, the 25 years that I regularly consumed alcohol. Like, I feel like those – whatever they are neurons, whatever they were asleep and there were parts that maybe worked well, but now like, I feel like my brain is just always lighting up. Just being able to function better is so huge. And that's something that I would not have believed that there would have been a noticeable difference of Yeah, someone had said beforehand, you know? Yeah. That's so good. So good. So good. All right. What about you? It's my turn. Yeah.
0: You mentioned peace when we were talking about joy, but I have peace on here because, and I wrote down, I was confusing chaos with fun. (laughs) And this was a big one for me. Wait a minute.
1: Oh my gosh. gosh. Say that again. Say that again. I
0: I know. It is, it is really, really big. And I feel like I was confusing chaos with fun or fun with chaos, whichever way. But like when I really got clear about what I was like considering fun it was really chaotic you know and so there were i think honestly even into my second year of living alcohol free i would have this moment where i would get in bed and i would like close my eyes and i like would just have this like massive sense of relief like nothing bad's going to happen And, like, it wasn't like I was ever, like, I mean, I live in London, so we take cabs anywhere. But it it wasn't, like, something like that. But it was was clear I was, like, it was almost like recovering from something really traumatic, right? Where I was just, like, okay, I'm safe. Like, I am safe. Nothing bad's going to happen. I know where I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, and this is just from, you know, like, just a few wild nights out on the town. But I, I didn't realize how much it was like I guess that ties into anxiety too right it's just like anyways I would get into bed and I would feel this overwhelming sense of peace and I would wake up with that sense of peace and I was just like holy cow I don't want to go back there
1: oh my gosh I love that so much and like that should be a quote because the confusion of fun as but it really was chaos and when we're in it it's so hard to see but I can think of so many nights where there was so much mental real estate and worry around how I was going to get home. Like, what if I wanted to come home earlier? Like what happens if, you know, I drink too much, like all of those things. And to your point, like getting in bed and feeling that relief of like, okay, I kind of made it through. And then now it's, you know, one of those things being able to like reflect back and see, wow, was, was that really fun? All that it took to, to kind of play into that that's all that like subconscious stuff that I think is so tricky and so sneaky in this is that we don't realize when we're in it all that it's taking from us in that way that is so good but
0: you know what and and this is so good because it also took me a while to to put that those two together like it was a recent like revelation where I was like wow that was really chaotic and actually actually probably not very much fun (laughs) Yeah. When you take,
1: when you look at the big picture of it, right. And you take those things into consideration. And then also I was thinking about too, like, you know, one of the best things being so-called smarter the day after, I mean, my brain like hungover, forget it. My brain does not work. It did not work well hungover. So it wasn't just that like over like a long period of time, but like similarly to this, it's in looking at, all of it that influences. So when we have those limiting beliefs, when we have, when we're so sure that alcohol is fun and it's what creates fun, it's like zooming out and looking at all of those things that play into it, like the day before, the day of the day after the week after all of those things, like you just highlighted in that. So good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's next on your list?
1: So I have freedom from a case of the Mondays. Ooh, yeah. Carter
0: has really bad. Shout out to Carter, my almost eleven year old. He is the king of having cases of Mondays. I cannot get that kid out of bed.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's just hard, right? Because it's Monday, right? But I, what one of like the one of the things I noticed in the very very beginning was, oh my gosh, I do not dread Monday. Like, Monday is the same as Friday now to me. So Friday used to be, like, my, you know, like, if I could just make it to Friday, like, then, you know. Um, now, like, Monday is that day for me, or Tuesday, or Wednesday. Like, they're all the same. Like, seven, seven days of the week. It's not like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those are going to be the best. And then I dread Monday. They're all They're all opportunities. And to, like, wake up joyfully excited about the day, I mean, you know, for the most part, like, This isn't all rainbows and unicorns all the time, but it's just so, it's so different. I used to like, I think I mentioned this on another episode, like workout and, you know, healthy eat, like all the things all week. And, you know, by Friday you feel so good. And then you go into a weekend where it's a lot of social and drinking and then maybe overindulging food wise. And then by Monday, like I would start the week more tired, bloated, disgusting, feeling just the lowest of the low. And have to start the work week that way. It was miserable. I had the worst, yeah, case of the Mondays when I was drinking.
0: Yeah, I did the exact same thing. The exact same thing, except I think I started like Thursdays are considered, I feel like, the start of the weekend here. So it was like, (laughs) you know, but I completely agree with that. And another thing that we get to do now, right, is we get to design our days in this intentional way where like Monday is actually like – Monday morning, I take a Pilates class I really like. And I do a long do- a long walk with the dog and the park. And like it's, it's – I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that – yeah, exactly. It's like creating that life by design and not by default. Like having to start your week this way and now my Monday mornings are so sacred because they're my time to like – everybody's, you know, school and work and like it gives me time to, you know – take care of me and start my week that way. And so, yeah, I love that.
0: So good. Is it my turn? It's your turn. So patience. And I think we did touch, we touched on that too, but like, I am not a patient person by, well, that's a limiting belief. <laughs> that's a story. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a story, but I don't feel like I'm great at being patient. And, and yeah, I just like, I have to, it's something that I definitely have to work on. And I, I, saw a massive difference when I stopped drinking I just now I have so much more patience with every single person in my life including the Starbucks barista or whoever it is you know like taking I was we were actually just at I took Ella to a show in the West End over the weekend and it was like a super chaotic she wanted a program blah blah blah, went up to the counter I was like hi how are you and she's like you're the first person that has like asked me that today and not to toot my own horn that's not what I'm trying to say but like I wouldn't have done that before at all I would have just been like Lady, give me the program. Show show starts in five minutes. I'm late. Go, 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 go. You know what I mean? So just having that time to like talk to people, listen to people, not not be so on edge with my kids, not be so on edge with my husband, like all of it. Just it's so good. What yeah. about you?
1: Well, so I feel like that bleeds into like a couple of mine too. It's like the my tolerance for discomfort or... Yeah, like not in you, what you were describing, it's like that hustle. Like I was always in that constant state of like hustle and hurry and like quick, which bleeds all together with, I mean, you don't have patience when you're always in that place. And so like my tolerance for discomfort of like, Oh, we don't have a, you really want a program? We don't have a program. Well, the show is about to start. Like that would have been something for sure for me that would have been like, okay, fine. Like, let me get just like you described versus now it's like, okay, we'll go see if they have a program. And hey, how are you? Like, I can appreciate that so much. I wish I had a, an example of what that looks like for me specifically, but I completely agree. That's a good one. But
0: I mean, your, the way that you said it is so great. Just like your, what, your capacity for discomfort, is that what you said?
1: Tolerance for discomfort. Tolerance,
0: yeah. yeah. I feel like when I, think of, when I think of my tolerance for discomfort, I think about sitting in traffic.
1: <laughs> yes. Do you have traffic where you are? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I thought you I thought you were just outside so maybe you don't have like major city traffic, but you have to Okay. True. Yes, true. Okay, well, London traffic is bananas and it just is a lot. But you know, it's just Now I'm just like, okay. Well, it's a great time to listen to a podcast or put on some worship music. I do my br- my best worship music sessions on the Wandsworth Bridge roundabout, if anyone is here in London. It's just stand- like standstill traffic. And now I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to be sitting here for 15 minutes anyways. Might as well play some good songs.
1: <laughs> I, I I know. It's like that capacity for, yeah, just, well, like I had on my list too, like being okay in boredom, being okay, you know, like with or being alone or not having, you know, we've talked about the noise thing before, not having something on and just sitting inside, like being okay. in all of those spaces that before would have created. And I think it all kind of ties back to anxiety too. And how alcohol is not the thing that is helping me relieve my anxiety. It is in fact, increasing my anxiety. And in, in that way, it's creating smaller and smaller tolerance for discomfort and our awareness of that. So yeah, I, I love that. So I kind of like hijacked yours and added on
0: and No that's okay. We knew that was going to happen. We knew that was going to happen. What's next on your list?
1: I've got freedom from the one of well, one of the best thing. Okay, like this is this is huge. One of the best things about never having to drink again is that I don't I don't have FOMO anymore. Like I am free from FOMO and it's the greatest gift because, and it also bleeds into another one of mine, like freedom from the chess game of like, if I do this, then maybe this person will say this or do that. Or like, and having to fit all the pieces, having to manipulate all the pieces as if we have control over all of these things. That's what's so crazy to me too, is I thought I could control all of these things, but, but yeah, FOMO, like there's so many things that I did out of being, you know, being a afraid I was going to miss out and it was missing out on the fun, but also like I have this little like concept that FOMO is really phobia, F-O, you know, me and my like letters here, but phobie. <laughs> fear of becoming irrelevant. Yeah. So like, it, so like my fear of missing out, I realized was like, if I don't go to that thing or I can't go to that thing, that social event, then yes, I'm going to miss some fun time. Sure. And I want to have fun. But more than that, it's going to be, but then they're going to have fun without me. And then, and then they're going to, maybe that I don't get invited next time. And because they're going to say that like, oh, but they didn't need me to have fun. They had fun without me. And so then all of a sudden, like, I'm just kind of cut out from that. And that I think for me was a big driving factor behind my FOMO was, was that. And the freedom from that is massive, massive, massive.
0: Yes, yes. I totally, I totally relate. And I'm sure you hear it all the time from clients that, like, in the beginning, right? It's like, but I'm, but, but what, what if, what if I don't get invited? What if they think I'm boring? What if, what if, what if, what if? And I was like, I always say, I'm like, sister, I get it. I was there. I was totally there, but just let me tell you, (laughs) it gets better. It gets better. And you get to be released from this constant desire to feel. Feel relevant to people, you know, like and like it's exactly what you said. Like you, we can't control that if we're there or not. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's also, oh, it for me, it has opened up this ability to like again, kind of go back to that like life by design versus default. Where I'm like, oh, I, it's okay. Like I can see where where my values are. Where okay, like I haven't we haven't had a family night and. It's been a minute since we've had a family night. Well, that's super high on my priority list. So now I can hold that against maybe an invitation I've gotten and I can say, you know what, no, I'm gonna go with what I what is a bigger priority for me versus being torn by, but then if we don't do this thing, we're gonna miss out. And then and so that I was compromising, you know, where I wanted to put my time and energy, if that if that makes sense. And that is that is huge. I love that so much. I love that so,
0: so much, especially too, babe, because like our kids are getting to the age where like, we have to make sure that we, we're getting way off track here, but like we have to make sure that when they're going to give us the time of day that we're there for them and choosing them over our friends. Otherwise we won't see them at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's, and that's something too. Yeah. I mean, throw that on the list. Yeah
0: throw that on the list parenting parenting tweens and teens is it my turn yeah patience I said freedom from and I we kind of touched this so we don't have to spend a lot of time on it but just freedom from the mental bloodbath of like how how many drinks has so-and-so at the table finished her glass if I order another one now is everyone gonna think I'm drinking too much is the waiter looking my direction so I can flag them for another cocktail Am I drinking too much? Do I have wine at home for when I when I get home from this dinner? Like all of that stuff. And then of course, with that all of the rules, you know, I'll just have one, I'll have water, blah, blah blah blah. All those rules. I mean, it was just exhausting. It, it, when you let go of that and find freedom from that like the mental real estate, it's probably why we're so much smarter. <laughs> we
1: have we have room. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. It's all of that noise. For me, that was huge and it was something that I couldn't have put my finger on when I was in it as totally what was getting in my way or making me feel so miserable. But the absence of it now is where it's like, "Oh my gosh." Like, so yeah, that bleeds into when I had on my list, like the creation of time and space in my life. One of one of the best things of never having to drink again is that there's this it's like, literally, I'm like, it's this really cool trick where all of a sudden there's more time in my day. And I don't mean just because I'm not physically, you know, spending time drinking, right? I'm talking about what you're talking about with the mental realist, the, t- the time that it takes to process all of that thinking, to plan for, it, to prep, to make sure I base up and have a good lunch so that when I have- Oh
0: my gosh, Yeah
1: like multiple glasses tonight. It won't, you know, when I'm out and whatever, like all of that, it bleeds into the whole like chess game thing. Well, if I do this, then I'm going to have to make sure I do this, or I'm going to have to drink this much here. And it's the rules and the rigidity and the, oh my gosh, like I'm exhausted just, talking about it. We lived (laughs) it for so long.
0: I know. I know. I know. And then like, I mean, we don't even have to go there, but like then the calorie counting that came in with that too, it's like, okay, well, I know I need to coat my stomach with something carby so I don't fall over, but gosh, I don't want to make sure I like go up a couple ounces on the scale because that would be horrible.
1: Yeah. Better drink the protein shake tomorrow and do a fast so that I can compensate for the carbs that I had to eat at lunch to base up for the drinking that I'm going to do tonight.
0: Yes. I went from drinking wine every night to drinking straight Casamigos tequila with sparkling water and lime for this very reason. Literally for this very reason. And like, listen, there was enough marketing out there and on all the places that made it look like, I mean, that's a skinny margarita. You know what I mean? Basically. it's So I was just drinking tequila literally because I was like, And I thought to myself too, babe, I was like, I have cracked the code. This is the code. I can have two of these and feel the same as I would after three glasses of wine or four.
1: But, you know, it's just,
0: I mean, I'm, yeah, now I'm
1: getting exhausted. (laughs) Right? But that's true. And I, I went through a Casamigos phase too. I did. Like, exactly like that. It's like, okay, well, wine has too much sugar and too many calories. And so, like, you know, my pants are getting tighter and i'm still i'm killing myself in the gym 5 days a week like killing myself so like something's got to give okay well i'll switch to and it and it didn't last very long for me because i didn't enjoy it so to speak as much but yeah it's all of that negotiating we do internally below our level of like conscious awareness really and that that occupies a ton of space in our heads in our bodies, in our lives, in our minds, and I'm so grateful for that creation of time and space, this expansiveness, this openness that I feel that's like I don't know. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's your turn. Is
1: it mine? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're kinda of bopping all we're got bopping all over. So this is one that we'll kinda like <clears throat> I, one of the best things about never having to drink again is quality time, shall I say, with my husband. <laughs> One-on-one time with my husband.
0: I'm trying to see if there's a bo- bounce, like a wow-wow-like little sound <laughs> I can make on this clown, but I can't. So we don't, we're don't. we not going to get X-rated here, you guys. This is a clean podcast.
1: This is. But it, it's worth mentioning that I didn't realize that Alcohol reduces testosterone in men and women. And I mean, I, you know, whatever, we can talk about men later, but, and with reduced testosterone, that affects things, not only like fatigue and weight gain and depression and anxiety, hair loss, but it also affects libido. And so that is something that I'm so grateful to know and to also have now experience the difference in that. And yeah the way that alcohol dulls your senses. So I'll leave that right there. I'm just going to say I agree
0: with all of that. And yes, check. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: So yeah, best, best things about never having to drink again. What you got? Okay. So I feel the
0: healthiest I've ever felt in my life and the strongest, and I'm not even killing myself in the gym. Like I was before I do workouts that I enjoy and I do them primarily for my mental health, not because I'm trying to look in a certain way in a bathing suit, which is we can do a whole episode on that. But just I feel stronger and healthier and and fitter. Not in like a I'm going to go do a like a bikini body contest, but just like I feel good in my in my clothes and I feel strong and I feel healthy and it just is literally primarily from cutting out alcohol.
1: Mm-hmm. I I yeah I can pay back on that for sure. It's on my list too. It's like. That one of the best things is this I'm learning to love my body, yeah in a way that allows me to see it not as the enemy and this thing that I had to For like a project. yeah or project, yeah, this thing that I had to like physic you know it was all about the physical. It was all about what it looks like and how it fits into certain clothes and what it looks like in certain clothes and oh my gosh, yeah, in a bathing suit. forget it. And now it's about how I feel. And, and so moving my – so I don't even say, like, exercise anymore. I say, I like, I like to move my body. And moving my body could be, you know, going for a walk. It could be doing my little Peloton workouts. It could be whatever it is. I'm going to move my body because when I move my body, I feel stronger and I feel healthier versus being fixated on looking a certain way and having those rules and things that, that mean that I'm always fighting with my body, right? And always looking at it in disgust and going like, oh my gosh, well, I got to get rid of that over there or, you know, bikini season's right around the corner. So time to start, you know, start really taking it seriously in the gym. There's just There's just not that noise anymore around that. And that is so amazing.
0: Yeah, we need to do a whole, we need to do a whole episode on that, honestly, because I got really vulnerable and wrote a blog post about it. And it was like, I just got a lot of feedback of women that feel the same way. And I wasn't expecting the feedback that I got. I thought it was one of those things again, right, where I was like, I'm definitely alone in this one. But we should def- we need to do an episode on that because we're, we have so many similarities. Who's your favorite Peloton instructor?
1: I love Callie and Andy are my go-tos, but I don't, this is, this is really funny. I don't have a bike. I don't, I don't buy I don't do the bike. Oh, okay. So I just have the app. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I just use the app and do like the strength training and the cardio and all of that stuff. Oh,
0: cool. Okay. Amazing. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Who's your favorite instructor?
0: I love Cody Rigsby because he plays all the, the the tunes from high school. He does like all the the Britney and the NSYNC and all that good stuff. So it's like it's just, you know, all this stuff that like my kids won't let me play. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: We've got like 5 minutes left so we'll go a little like shorter on our deep dives into these but
1: what's your next one? As she's looking right at me, she's like mead. I'm not, I'm looking
0: at my, I'm my not- notepad.
1: I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So uh, this was something this this is like little but it's so big too. I love that I don't have to worry about like driving in the evenings like so I used to dread when my kids got a Saturday afternoon/evening birthday invitation cuz that meant that I'd have to go We'd have to like you know curb our our social plans in order to be able to drive to go pick up our kids and being able to you know all that kind of stuff. And now I see it too, like in like the teen years with a teenager. I love that my daughter. I can drop her off at a friend's house. It's so different going into the teen years. St- all right, all right, fine. I'll skip the deep. You know, yeah. I'll stay on track here. I promise. <laughs> I'll stick to the stick to the uh, main main topic here. But being able to like drop her at a friend's house for a social and literally say to her, call me anytime. You don't want to be there. You feel unsafe, you're uncomfortable, whatever. I will come and get you in a heartbeat. And to really truly mean that and not have to worry about if I, oh, well, let me only just let me have one glass of wine and I hope she doesn't call me. And then at what point can I decide that she's going to stay and that I'm not going to have to come get her for a while so I can have another glass of wine and then I'm going to space that out. Mm-mm. Now, there's so much freedom in being like, oh, you want to go do this? Great. It's Friday night. Sweet. I'll pick you up at 11. Well, your dad's going to pick you up at 11 because I'm going to be in bed. But <laughs> but we're we're not out drinking, so it doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And to that point, too, like just in like, you know, if there. If there's an emergency, right? Like Carter fell, broke his arm and like we were at like a communion party and like pre 2020, I would have been drinking, but I was fine. And so I could get him to the hospital driving and we were out in like the middle of nowhere near Oxford. And so I had to you know, so like, yes, to your point, the ability to drive a car when we have children is just super important. Super important.
1: Yeah. And that's where I first maybe realized my son had a heart condition when he was a baby and... And it, and it meant, you know, it was pretty serious. And I remember sitting there in the hospital when we almost like learning about this, we almost lost him. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And that he, we would have to kind of like monitor his heart ongoing, at least for this whole first year of life. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to be with it because at any minute I'm going to have to potentially take him to the ER and And I, and maybe that was a sign back then that like alcohol was taking up too much space in my, in my life or was starting to, but to not have to worry about that. My youngest has a health condition now where I have to be on guard a lot. And it's so amazing to be able to not worry about waking up in the middle of the night. And if I have to get her to the ER, I can. So like, those are extreme, but also they're not like Saturday birthday, birthday party invitations. Great. Bring on the. I used to like judge parents for like who has a kid's birthday party on a Saturday night. Sister, you and me both. Oh my god! My public apology for any kid kids party who invited us. Anyway,
0: I'm just gonna rattle. You're good. I'm gonna rattle off the couple that I had, and then you rattle off yours. So I enjoy my children so much better. I said that mornings. Love my mornings now, and also like hello. How much money are we saving <laughs> by not drinking, right? like i I gave myself a low ball estimate of like daily like drinking. I think I put it at like twenty pounds. It was probably way more than that. But I mean, here we are almost three years, and I've saved what? Like over twenty grand, like pounds like that's yes. bananas. What about you?
1: Yeah. that money is huge. The eight hundred dollars a month that. That wasn't just my alcohol, by the way. Like $800 a month is what I have saved in not drinking. And I also did drink nice wine. That was part of it. It wasn't just all the the quantity. Part of it was quantity. But I mean, that's huge, right? Like that savings is massive. I mean, and with my husband, like he used to buy all these nice bur- – like he doesn't drink bourbon. He, doesn't, he hardly drinks at all. It, that money savings is huge. I had on my list, and we kind of talked on that too, but – Things are just more fun. I'm more playful. I laugh more. Like there's just more childlike wonder and play that was not there when, really, my whole adult life. To be honest, and I, I think hear you on that. That's something that you could have told me, but I would have had a really hard time believing that that was true. And it is. It's. It's so true. Mm-hmm. So, any others that you want to mention? We talked about freedom like freedom from the rules, all the all that 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 was one of mine and then freedom from the the pinball being just a pin like being the pinball in a pinball machine. I feel like that's what I, I was just always being bounced around, you know, and it's that kind of living by default. That's not the case anymore. So I love that. I love that. Oh, oh, and the last one, being able to like Rest, be able to actual get actual restorative rest. Oh my gosh, did neither of us say
0: sleep? And that's our favorite thing. Whoops. <laughs> I just thought of that. I was like, rest and sleep. The sleep is so much better. I'm so did much we, more rested. We're doing an episode just on sleep, right? We have to do that. We've got that on our list, right? Because that's actually my favorite thing and I forgot to say it.
1: <laughs> like who knew that it was possible to not feel always like deathly tired yeah Yeah. exhausted so
0: so many good things so
1: many good things I'm I have like 14 pages here of things that yeah I'm gonna keep adding
0: to yeah let us know guys yeah I mean just come and come and hang out with us in our community and let let us know like what your favorite things are what did we miss what were you surprised by and we will be here again for you next Monday yes Bye, y'all. Bye, babe. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com. And make sure you follow us over on the gram at Christy and mead at I'm not sober, I'm free.
1: To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com.
0: Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two.
1: And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify.
0: This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement.
1: Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.